morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, and welcome to another Entertainment Plus. And this week we have a very special guest, the Sam to my Dean, the Thelma to my Louise, Hello. my big brother, Ziv. Ziv, why don't you introduce yourself? So I've been working in the game industry for the past 20 odd years. I'm a creative director. I'm doing business development and mostly in, in the past 10 years, done that in the mobile industry games, but I've been doing all sorts of stuff from PC games to web to uh, mobile, obviously, and also wrote books. I uh, was a journalist and everything to do with technology and mostly games and entertainment is the things that I love and passionate about for most of my life. Any significant game or anything specific happening right now that you're excited about? So we just launched our Doctor Who, the official and uh, official Doctor Who game uh, that we've been working on with the BBC. It's on Apple Arcade. There's uh, a very big game that is already out called Blitz Rise of Heroes, which is an idle RPG uh, game for mobile, which is now coming to PC through the Google Playing Games uh, platform, which is open in the United States, Australia, and a few other countries. Yeah, so a lot of exciting things. That is very, very cool. And I would highly recommend playing Blitz. It's a great game with amazing graphics, and it's really, really fun. And more than anything, it has tons of myth and legend and, and story inside of it, which is very different from most games that you get to play that are idle games because they don't really usually have that meat to them. But this game does. And the Doctor Who game is fantastic. Hidden... It's a hidden object game with a whole new story in the Doctor Who universe with the 13th Doctor and Yaz. And something happens, the time shifts around things change all around the doctor and she needs to re, you know find out what happened and i'll just say there's a trap <laughs> now for those who don't know us back in 2005 ziv and i created israel's first podcast we were pioneers at that time of creating a show and we were talking about pretty much about the same things about tv uh, geekdom any movie franchises, games, and all of that way back then. And we, we got quite successful at the time. And we also got to the point where in the University of Jerusalem, when they're talking about new media, they did used to have our logo on the screen. I don't know if they still do. They might still do. But podcasting and, and talking about these subjects is part of our lives because it's something that we love and we do for many, many years. And one of the reasons that Ziv is joining us today is because we're going to talk about remakes. Last week, we kind of jumped into adaptations and talked about adaptations in general. And that really brings us to the other version of them, which is remakes. And I think that it's very interesting because we have a lot of talk of remakes in TV and movies. And we have some really weird gaming remakes that are happening. And I think that we have a list of really cool games that we would highly recommend companies look at to remake because, well, we'll get to that. There's a lot to say. But before, on every usual episode, we do an appreciation segment. We kind of show appreciation to people who have changed, who have made storytelling, who brought us technologies to make storytelling better in every medium. But as we are talking about remakes, this week appreciation or this appreciation for some who don't like remakes will go to Edwin S. Porter, who back in 1910 remade and gets the credit for the first remake 
ever remade his own movie from 1904 called The Great Train Robbery. So he, at the time, decided that now, six years later, there is more technology, he has more techniques to work, he can do much more, and he wants to take his story and tell it again in a better version. And that sparks one of the most basic reasons for remakes. And we will get into that because it's very interesting when we talk about remakes, what are the reasons to do them and why we want to jump into them. But just to thank the person who started that idea, because very closely to him, there are two other creators who do the same thing. They take their movies and they recreate them, but he is the first one credited to do it. So Edwin S. Porter, thank you or we hate you. Either way, you've done some great things back in 1910. But Ziv, let's take a moment to really understand why we're remaking stuff. Because adapting, we understand why we're adapting ideas. We want to see them in a different media. But why would we take something that we already made and redo them? So there's several reasons why you would do a remake. And this is something that you usually see in movies, lately in games. Um, you know, the music industry doesn't do really remakes. They, they do their cover, covers. You, you can say that say covers. That sometimes they're remakes, but depending on what you would call remake. And I think when we delve, when we'll delve uh, into the reasons, you know, if, if that's sort of the definition of a, of a remake, um, then I don't think covers are exactly remakes, uh, although that's their version of it. And I don't think books ever done, I don't think there was a, a remake of a book. No, but interesting enough, I think I forgot. It's something that I wanted to say back in uh, the episode about musicals and about adaptations. If you take Mathilda, mm. Mathilda is one of the most interesting journeys ever in media because you have a book that was adapted into a movie that was remade into a musical that then had a movie musical made on the musical version, and then mm. a book about the musical version, TV version of the musical came out. So we went from book to book through almost every other media except gaming, pretty much. Interesting. And that's an interesting journey that something does. But books is not something that we see. Re Nobody's yeah. going to go and rewrite Ender's Game. Yeah. You know, but today's. For now, let's let's take the, the three major ones that we said. We said movies, games, and maybe music as a remake. And, you know, let's put the the most obvious one first, right? Money. Nobody does remakes because they think they have to tell that story. It starts with money. Except for Edwin S. Porter. Well, apparently. He probably did it for money. Apparently. But his reasoning was wanting yeah. to tell the story in a better way. I, I, I really, you know, there are, there are times where an artist does, you know, his own art, a specific image, something that he feels is iconic, and redoes it many, many times just to sort of see what he can take out of new materials from new techniques. And there's a, a lot of examples in, in painting and, and in um, uh, sculpturing where that happens. And that's something that I, you really see. That's, that's an artist trying to find the core of what he's doing. And you can see... Sometimes you see it um, in a lot of sculpturists' studios. You will see a lot of the same exact statue and that is them mastering a technique because sometimes to get to a specific level you need to redo yeah. and redo and redo so that could be as well a reason and and sometimes it's a reduction you see a lot of artists trying to reduce an image to the basic core of it 
So they try to do the same thing and just try to take parts out and, you know, sort of understand if it's still clear, if it's still that thing. So those aren't really remakes for money, but it's, it pushes us into the other reasons when we talk about, again, movies and, and games, putting money aside, why would you try to do uh, a remake? And one of them, let's tie it immediately to money, and that is a built-in audience. You oh, yeah. make a remake for a game or a movie, you know there are people who love it. That is a double-edged sword because people who really love something, especially today, especially with the internet, will let you know if uh, if they didn't like it. So, so in the past, I would say it was easier because you would say, hey, there's this thing, people love it, let's try it again. Um, and and see what happens. It gives you um, it gives you a base. It gives you a good base because you know that people will come. Even if people will come to hate it, even when people will come to judge you, people are still going to go and see it. Especially people who let's really love the subject. Yeah. So you have that fan base that you know will kind of give you a guarantee of some money coming. Majority in. of the remakes uh, are doing fairly well, and they do tap into that built-in audience, which is again something that not doesn't necessarily means that you you'll do it yeah i mean as as a studio as somebody it's not, it's not immediately the reason to do it but it is a guarantee that if you do it there's a good chance that you'll succeed because no one yeah yeah and also there's a the, depending on how long it's been since the original you might tap into not just the people themselves but also their kids, because then you tap into the second generation and you'll have parents taking their kids saying, hey, I, this is something I saw as a kid and it affected me. I really want you to see it. I so, do believe that Jurassic Park hitting top grossing movie of all times could, has yeah, exactly that. I think a lot of people took their kids to see, hey, this is, this is going back to the original. Yeah. Uh, I want you to experience what I experienced. As because Jurassic Park is a big movie, and I think Star Wars is another one of those. That when the new the new trilogy came out, a lot of the money it made was because a lot of parents took their kids to see the Skywalker's continued saga. And I said that that's not a reason to do it, but sort of a guarantee. And I think one of the reasons, or out of two that uh, we sort of talked about, uh, is the the fact that you have something new to say so either it's something you made yourself like uh, porter uh, or it's something that someone else made but you think you can bring and you take a fresh loop um a new perspective a new perspective things change in our society all the time so suddenly you want to do a, a, a movie or a piece of art that resonates with you and you you think oh when i'm looking at that now it's sort of out of place or maybe it's cringy yeah. right or maybe maybe um, the representation wasn't right. You you saw you saw characters being switched from female to male because you didn't want to have a female character there. Or from black to white. Or black to white, right? So then or any other bring, race to white. Yeah, to everything to white. Um, yeah, whitewashing. Whitewashing is, I think, one of the biggest good reasons to make to remake. But then we're encountering the other side who says. You're remaking something that has an identity. By changing its identity, you're not really giving anything to any of the sides in this battle. You're not giving anything to the people that want the change. And definitely, you're going to create haters with the people who don't want any change to their original thing that they yeah. love so much. 
And uh, Disney's uh, Disney's the one that's getting most of the fire here with this in yeah. the recent weeks, with all of their weird casting and recasting and diverse casting to characters that it seems very obvious that most of the community is okay with keeping where they were. They most of the community wants to write to create new opportunities for the diverse crowd. I think other other than um, I don't know specific specific situations where. It's, it's just weird if you recast and change things. I'll, I'll give you an example. Beginning of the year, this year, last year, they did a remake for Interview with a Vampire. The TV show. As a show, as a TV yes. show. And one of the things that I really loved about it is that they changed the identity of Louis. He's not a plantation uh, owner. He's a black man in New Orleans. They, they also pushed the years forward. It's, it's not in 18, 1860, 1880, but it doesn't matter. The thing is, they pushed the timeline. They changed, they changed the, 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 the person himself. And they didn't just change and said, oh, now he's a black man. No, there was a whole thing around it. There was a whole cultural effect to that fact and he changed the story a bit or, or a lot depending on how you want to look at it the yeah. core is still there it's still louis still being turned into a vampire by the stat um you know the relationship is still there and i think far better represented than in the, the movie there are a lot of a lot of nuances there that are very very similar to what the, the movie was and what the books are and yet it's fresh and interesting and there's a, there's a weight to it the, the the fact that they changed who Louis is affects the story affects everything that surrounds the core storytelling so that's a really good way of doing that's when we talk about bringing a new perspective doing something new with it and i would like to add to that uh, although it's a show that has been canceled which is very sad because it i think was groundbreaking on many levels especially with the casting um and the world that they changed but why the last men in the comic books there's not much interest in transgenders and how that affects the world and here in the first episode we kind of encounter how the tv show had to adapt the story to nowadays to respect and give space and a place to a whole community that the story, the actual story will affect in a different way. And in the comic books, we don't see that. And in the show, they gave such a beautiful perspective on it. And unfortunately, we will never know the end of that perspective. But these are a couple really good examples of how a remake with a different perspective can bring something fresh and can do good. Yeah. And then uh, another reason, and sometimes it's the sole reason to do something, and sometimes hopefully it's the um, joint uh, sort of uh, the, the amalgam of both perspective and this next reason, which is technology, right? So you're saying, I don't only have something new to say, I also have new ways of doing that. And that ties back to what Porter did, because he said, I have new techniques, I have new you know, tools, I have... Uh, and and today new technologies filming fi and and that was that was that was six years right between the two movies and we're talking about that was six years but in the nineteen at the yeah. at the start of the nineteen hundreds which is where we've kind of see with the appreciations that we do we kind of see a really big big movement back then leading up to the nineteen twenty seventies where there's a big explosion of technology that brings storytelling to the to, to the yeah. screen uh, but we're saying that it goes back all the way to the beginning and now when you look at you know you you bring a movie from you know 20 years back and you remake it or you take something even 
10 years, I don't know if five, but 10 years back, the computer power and the tools that we have today are phenomenal. So you can basically do things that you could, like one of the main problems that Star Wars had between the original and the, and the episode one yeah. was that episode one sort of was the past of Star Wars, but looked so much better. <laughs> everything, everything. It's not only that it looked so much better, everything about the way the starships looked, filled, they, the way they moved in space was so much better yeah. that it almost gave the illusion that there was better technology in the past of that world and that we've lost technology as we went along. Yeah. Which is completely the opposite because when we see the world now portrayed, we know that the world has advanced yeah. like crazily since the uh, Return of the Jedi. Yeah. And that's, that's sort of a, a problem sometimes. Uh, but let's, let's, I mean, Star Wars is, is a bit of a, uh, an outlier here. But the majority of times when you, when you see something being remade uh, due to technology or with the help of new technology, it really is interesting to see, you know, today we have the LED screen, right? In, in, instead of the green screen, which yes. changes the, the whole the, the perspective because it's like a real movement that you can do with the camera. It, it changes. And, and the screen. Itself. It changes a lot. And I think that's something that a little tapping into acting. And I think Christian Bale uh, talked about it. He was the one that really kind of put it really nicely into words. He was talking about making Thor with Marvel. And he said that the set was stale. Everything was green screen. Everything needs to come. There is an extra burden that's lying on the actor to create the whole world. Something that when you work with James Cameron, with his technology, kind of, again, disappears. Because even though you work with green screens and you work with blue screens and you work underwater, when you finish and you go out and you look at the little screen that you have at the dailies, when you look at, at, the, at the actual shot, you already get the world around you. So the actors already see and they understand how they are interacting with a, with this digital world. But with old style movie making CGI, actors will spend 12 hours in a green or blue room with dots all over their faces, with cameras all over, and there's a burden that they carry to create the whole world before that world is created. And that goes away when you have the LED screens and when you have sets. That's why Game of Thrones is so incredible, because you have these incredible sets that when you walk into... 60% of your job of being in the moment, of being in the actual place, already is already done for you. Yeah. You don't need to work hard. So I think that's a great perspective. That technology is something huge. Yeah. And when a lot of time when you when you talk about moving from movies to, to games, when you talk about uh, new technologies, it can be motion capture. It can be the fact that now you can... Uh, because you talked about the dots, so it immediately brought that to mind. Yeah. You can now, if you look at... God of War, uh, Ragnar. I would have specifically taken uh, Resident Evil because Resident Evil switched from, we can see it with the technology. It used to be a set screen with a character that moves on this really stale picture, which was the best way to do it then. But then we had the technology to trace and redo and they remade the whole game to completely play differently. Now it's an over-the-shoulder shooter, which is a completely different experience. Yeah, I would still go, I mean, that's, that's a huge jump. You're right. I mean, it's a, it's a to like a totally different genre and feeling. But not the point that you were making uh, with God of yeah, War. Just because <laughs> God of War, you can see the nuances on their faces. And if you talk yeah. about the story, Resident Evil is nice and I like it, but uh, the story isn't the strong part, right? I mean, 
sorry it's i'm disconnecting this conversation right now it's a really it's a really cool it's a really cool world it's a very stupid story it's a really great setting and uh and and with god of war or any other game with depth and and like uh, horizon horizon zero dawn uh you know the options that we have today the way that you can really let actors be there right yeah it's not just about doing large gestures but it's about just a look right yeah so that's something that if you if you could bring a, an old game and i'm talking like if, if we if we think about uh, a game like um metal gear right which one so one <laughs> okay <laughs> right so anything you do today is 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 different right yeah uh, any, any remake that you will make to that game will make it Unless, unless you're going to use the same old tricks and you're going to use the same exact like sticks that the game had and you're just going to... Well, anyways, it's going to be different. Uh, or Grand Theft Auto. If you say, let's do Grand Theft Auto, the first one, top-down vehicle, you, you walk Kampanga lines and call all, of, all the, those things. Uh, you know, just remake that. Would you use what we know today as Grand Theft Auto? Would you do that? That's a, that's a totally different game. It's, it's also... I don't think the first one really had it had the story sort it of it had a very more basic like, setup yeah. but it was more of a of a sense like a sandbox yeah. go do your thing the second one introduced uh clans or what was it uh, I don't the remember mission, the word yeah. they had like yeah. missions from different places you can have loyalty to different groups and yeah. then it expand I honestly love the original and I think that if you will remake the original do make it the same way it was with the looking from the up there and everything but add a really really deep story to it like make it completely crazy story driven game so it can be it can be story it can also be just the technology of having better looking cars i mean think about uh froza think about um yeah. grand uh, grand turismo think about that type of technology and that kind of of realism for the cars and and, and having it you know still small and, and with that perspective of top town i think it was totally top town and that by itself could be cool could be interesting that's very true and it's a huge jump uh, however you know when you look today at games it's like they're remaking games that i mean the best example is the one that we talked about uh the other day which was uh dead space yes and i've never played that and when i played this one i did go back to watch youtube uh videos of the old one and there were two things that came up you know immediately sort of jumped at me one the game looked good i mean even even by today's standards you, you look at the you look at the youtube video and you look i mean if it if it would come out just as that like that uh looks it looks good yes it's an old game but it's not like you're looking at it and it's all pixelated and and you know uh, uh, <laughs> a polygonal yeah uh, character moving around with uh, a triangle instead of a nose uh, it looks good uh, obviously now it looks better lighting is better today um uh, reflection and uh, ray tracing and uh, materials look better today that's 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 a given obviously but the game looks good uh the second thing that sort of popped immediately was how much the movement and the uh you know the the process power allows you today to do things that you just couldn't do before where you had to do quick actions or stuff like that and today you can do it differently and and by that enhance the experience now for me again not playing the first one just watching it and playing the second one it was interesting for you on the other hand it was 
cool, but, but for the record, I did play the game when it came out and I loved it. And when I jumped on the remake, hearing all of this, hearing about how the movement has changed and and how it looks like, even though it looked good, how it looks so much better. I jumped into the game and I played for 45 minutes, which is pretty deep into the first kind of section. And I was like, this is the same exact experience for me. This is exactly what yeah. I remember. Yeah. For me, experiencing the graphics today is exactly like me experiencing those amazing graphics back then. They still, it looks amazing. It looks brilliant. But the game is the same exact game. The movement yeah. is exactly the same movement. Uh, in, in a way, I even knew exactly where creatures are going to come because I remember very vividly. When you scream at night, yeah. you kind of remember <laughs> these things. So I kind of remember where, where I was screaming. And, and after 45 minutes, I was like, okay, this is not for me. This is great. The only reason for me to justify that kind of a remake is because a lot of gamers are playing on consoles and they're not playing on a PC. Because on a PC, you would just go and download the game from all back then and play it on your new computer and yeah. enjoy it. You might not, again, it might not look crisp like the new games, but you don't need to actually port it or create a remake. Yeah. So part of making a remake for these games is to bring them into the new console generation, yeah. which is you know, be less lazy, create a solution for backward compatibility and don't remake. Cause, and, and I want to jump into this list that we have because we have really, honestly, Ziv and I compiled a really cool list of really old games that are amazing. And we talked to other friends to, to get from them the things that they remember of games that nobody talks about, that nobody touches instead of doing what we will see in a second on this list, which is pretty much remaking games that are not even 10 years old. And you know what? I think this, the biggest sinner, even though it's it's a game that I love and it's, it's a franchise that I love, but The Last of Us really didn't need a, a remake. There was no reason to remake The Last of Us Part 1. Where there was a remake just, just you know, uh, a couple of years ago. There, there is a Last of Us remake, yeah. which is not the new yeah. one. It, it, it's, it's a remake with enhanced graphics. I can't remember if they changed the gameplay. The new one uses the models from the second game and has differences in gameplay, which is something you could say, okay, interesting. But it is, you know, without giving it even even more hype than it already has, it's a terrific game. Anyone could have played the last remake and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Uh, again, this this doesn't bring any new perspective. Obviously, it's just enhancement of gameplay and graphics, so technology mostly. It I enjoyed playing it, but there was no reason to do it. And it, again, even if you say no, but I want to do it for new people, the game looked great. Now, yes, uh, you know, going into the business and looking at the, at the return on investment that they had, uh, perhaps the total amount of time and money they invested in it is worth. So going back to the original reason saying money yeah makes sense makes sense we need we need yeah. we want yeah i think money is the source reason there are different reasonings why to do it why to remake i think the artistic side has different reasonings but the source reason is always money and it's always but also, it will die but, if I mean, there's no money out of it yeah but also you know looking into it and we don't know we don't know but did they need money was it like money is good, let's make more money and this is a good way to make money? Or do they have a, a new project that they want to do? And this was sort of a, a negotiation between you know the, the, the financial side 
of saying, you know what? Okay, we will give you this new thing that you want to do. And we know they're working on a new thing. Yeah. Because it's Naughty Dog. Because it has such a huge fan base. Whatever you'll do, people will come to check it out and buy it. So that's fine. But let's do first this, uh, which will guarantee money. Yeah. And then we'll have that and you can do your thing. So it could have been something like that as, as, as a way a give and take uh, to, between the, yeah, the financial sort of side negate, and the artistic side to negate the, the, the risk of other things that they are doing and I think in general if a game isn't really old but that's my also my, my thoughts about movies if it's not really really old and I outdated uh, put your money in new things but I think we'll, we'll go over the list and then, and then we can go back to why remakes should die well, we can talk for hours about the remakes that have already been made that are close like The Last of Us and like Dead Space. Here is a list of games that was compiled by the internet and some of ours of games that should get remakes. Games that have a fan base that wants to get that game again, but it seems that nobody kind of remembers them. And before we begin this list, I'm going to put on top a game that we know that might get um, a remake and that I am super excited for this whole series to be rebooted and that's Legacy of Kane series. Those are brilliant games, amazing games. Even if they take the original one and remake it today with today's technology, it's going to be such a phenomenal experience. My mind will blow not to talk about the new people playing this game that have never touched it. Little Big Planet comes to mind as one of those games that really like should be should get focus. Um, then I know you like The Witcher. I don't like them. I'm okay with them not being remade ever. So I'm, I'm, I, it took me a while to sort of get to the point where I like The Witcher. I started the third game six times. I can't remember if I'm now on the sixth run or the seventh run. And that's when it sort of got me. And I, and I sort of understood how, and how to enjoy it. Which is a weird thing to say about a game where you're supposed to pick it up and enjoy it. But uh, it's on one hand, it's like it's supposed to be a game for my DNA. It's a it's a role playing game, uh, deep narrative, uh, cool characters, um, all sorts of weapons and stuff. And you have your skills and you have your uh, mutations. Cool magic yeah, system. And, and potions. There's so many things. It has everything. It has everything that should make this game. But phenomenal. then it goes. It's too much. It goes. It's, it goes all the way around. It goes, oh, and it's too much. Uh, and it took me a long time to get into it. However, obviously, I'm wrong because people love the, the, the games. And they're making, they're now working on remaking them, which is okay. By the end, this project ends. It's going to be a huge jump in technology and they'll just remake them The again. only reason to say yes to this is because I believe the original one never came to consoles. And I would say, hey, this is yeah. an opportunity to let console gamers the opportunity to play the original games. But there is no other reason other than that. Um, the next couple of names on the list, I'm definitely for them. Any Star Wars game from the 90s. Yeah. is a-okay for me. We know, I think that we know that Knights of the Old Republic is getting a remake, which is the most important of them all for me as someone who played that game when it came out. But Republic Commando, Jedi Outcast, Jedi Academy, there are so many good titles in the Star Wars in, that came during the 90s that are great, that can get remakes right now with no problems. Yeah. Assassin's Creed, not again not sure if they need it especially with the new uh, ubisoft service that they're now putting and they can just push the game to everybody i guess i don't know the the one of the things that I, you know when, when looking at assassin creed 
and you look at the source material and where it's today, today you got to a point where it's hardly an Assassin's Creed. It's a yeah. historical simulation with a, with a cool character that can parkour around and kill people. With It's funny that the game became meta of a way because you're playing a game about a company that creates these historical um, reimagines to create, to get access to secrets of history. And the game, instead of telling you secrets of history, like it was back in the days of uh, Renaissance and, and the whole Assassin's Creed 3 saga, now we're actually playing this really just historical simulation, yeah. which is kind of cool, but kind of boring yeah. at the same time. So maybe with that, looking, I mean, looking at the first game now, it's it's not holding up. It didn't have, have a lot of meat. All the, all the quests were kind of the same quests. You were doing the same thing in different areas. Yeah. It wasn't very smart like today. And, so. also, and also visually, again, it's good for its time, but I think if you bring Assassin's Creed 1, uh, 1, 2... 2.1, 2.2, and 3. Uh, if you remake all of them, it's sort of as a, as a package and sort of show it with the new technology, that could be cool. Uh, update the gameplay, definitely. But that's something that, okay, I, I will understand why, but it's, again, it's a sort of, there are other things, other things to do. One that I find really weird on this list is Castlevania, which not only has different new games coming out in the same style, it had like a really triple A kind of three-dimensional version come out not long ago. So I don't really see that. Any, any noticeable uh, ones for you on this list specifically? So you know, one of the things that uh, immediately jumped to me was as why. And the other one was hell yeah. So the why <laughs> would be Diablo 1 and 2, where with all due respect to this genre, which I spent hundreds of hours on, they are all the same. Yes. So the same four game. is coming out. Enjoy it. There's no reason to do one. It's the same story. It's just the same thing, and there's no reason to do one. So, so and I know people love it and and want to see one and two remade. There's no reason to do that. Uh, they are remade. They're called Diablo Four. Um, on the other end, Command and Conquer. That's a whole genre. Yeah, that, that's a whole yeah, series. And, and first of all, as again talking about technology, Command and Conquer was one of those games that pushed the envelope in the game industry using videos as part of the story uh the music the themes creating a world creating a, a an actual world because yeah. it was videos it it made it more realistic when you were playing the games because you were seeing actual people giving you commands it was it had it was very unique uh, to that i will add one of the games that are is on my list is uh phantasmagoria Phantasmagoria was a uh, horror adventure game that was all made with video. Yeah. It was all shot. It was all actors. Seven on, or on, nine CDs back then. Yeah, I think it was seven because I believe it was a CD or eight because it was a CD per day. It's a great story, phenomenal. And I would love to see that. Like, I would love someone to take that game, reshoot the whole thing, redo it in today's technology, the whole thing, and bring it out because I think it's a great story. It's a brilliant game. And it yeah. definitely has a place to come back into the world. And also, back then, there was a whole, and, and Command and Conquer were, was, one, was one of the games that sort of pushed it, but if you look at uh, Necropolis and tons of games that came out where the cutscenes were just a video of people talking to you. Phantasmagoria was a whole thing, like real video, where the uh, horrific events were 
sort of what we would call today pre-rendered, but basically just video clip uh, uh, playing uh, in front of you. And think about all those now being built in engine, done with today's tools, really totally immersive. I mean, if you love if you love the kind of horror that the latest Resident Evil brings to the table, if you think about Village, if you think about Resident Evil Seven. This is the kind of horrors we can enjoy when playing Phantasmagoria. I completely agree. I think that's one of them. And and you mentioned Ectropolis, which was a comic book style game, again, adventure game, was very dark story. You were playing a, a hero and you obviously had to be a detective yeah. in this really dark, really, really dark world. Uh, it, it was a very obvious take on Batman because you had like the slew of, of villains yeah. that were sitting around the table plotting against you in a very uh, in a very crazy way. But, but it was very fun. It was very smart. And it was a very interesting take yeah. on, on, on that comic book story. And back then it got, uh, I think PC Magazine gave it uh, 83 out of 100, uh, where the majority <laughs> of the criticism was about the gameplay, again, referencing to that time when it came out, obviously it doesn't hold today yeah. uh, as a point-and-click adventure, it won't work. But the acting and the the text itself, like the lines that these actors uh, were, were given, uh, were not good. So, <laughs> but... It, but Maybe rewrite rewrite and not just remake. Yeah, so, I mean, <laughs> if you're doing a remake, you, you can definitely rewrite it and, and create an adventure game that... The point is, and I think I think you know we, we don't want to uh, take too long with this. I think the core idea here is if you have to do a remake, there are such a, a like a wealth of material from the early days, and you know I'm talking 30, 40 years maybe sometimes, but 30, 30 to twenty would be sort of the um, golden age, I think. Yeah, of games that that you want to look back. Yeah, I, I don't want Pac-Man the remake. I don't want the Pac-Man the movie. I, I don't want all of that. But all those stories where we started pushing the envelope and trying to create better stories, uh, push the sort of the gameplay forward. Those are games that can definitely enjoy and, and be enhanced by what we can do today with the experience that we have today. Obviously, with the technology we have today. And. I completely agree. And before we jump for a little snippet about movies and TV about the same subject, um, just three noticeable names for me is Chronomaster, Gabriel Knight, and Cybermage. These are three games, and I'm saying them just in case that someone hears this and says, hey, let's look into making these games. Cybermage is a fantastic, was a fantastic shooter that had technology and magic, and you were fighting in all sorts of parts of the city, and it was a very dark story. Um, it scarred both me and Ziv playing it, because we both remember the same exact moment when spiders attacked us. It, it It's a really great material to go from. Gabriel Knight, by far one of the best stories and like detective stories. We can dive so deeply into that world and create more stories and even remake the original ones. They are so tightly written. They're so well made that you really just need to put a new visual on it and, and turn it into something new. And Chronomaster, I think, is one of my favorite adventure games of all time. And it's something that I remember all these years. And it was, again, a brilliant game. Very smart. Sci-fi, different worlds. Great, great story. Again, it was based on books. So there's a lot of material to go. No, it, it wasn't. It wasn't original. It wasn't based on a book. Uh, Roger, oh. Roger Zelazny, 
That was his last work. It was an original story. It's based on ideas from Amber and other of his uh, of his books, where uh, there's there's movement between dimension and different worlds. But this was sort of a new take on those ideas that you already created. And so it's not so remaking it will take something even better because it's the last work of the last. Yeah. It's original. It's something that only people who played the game back then enjoyed. There is. A huge opportunity here. Yeah. But when we're talking about sci-fi, there is this notion of we do not remake and we do not touch specific things, which I don't necessarily agree with. Now, last week we talked about adaptations. And for me, remakes kind of have a rule to make sense to me. If we're remaking something that was adapted from something else, feel free to remake it as many times as you want. Honestly, I don't care. Because I think that any adaptation changes the the source and and plays with the source enough that a different remake could change it but when we're taking then you're saying it's not it's not a remake it's it's a new adaptation exactly it's a new adaptation but then we're looking at star wars and thelma and louise i mentioned thelma louise at the beginning thelma louise is a great example you're not gonna remake thelma and louise today you can and there's a great story to tell here and you can probably give it a new perspective and, and and use some new stories but Thelma and Louise as a movie has a very strong message to women then, now, every time. And it's a very important message that every movie lover and every person should know. So are we going to remake that and maybe kind of change it? Or what are we going to do? That's that's the line for me. Like Star Wars, you know, I don't think that I'll be offended, but only because I wish it to look better. But it has its nostalgia. It has its power. And it's a great movie. I don't know that we need a remake to it. But Lord of the Rings, that's not original. Star Wars is original. Don't touch it. Keep it. But Lord of the Rings, you know, remake it. Harry Potter, remake it. Who cares? Make as many remakes. Do the best that you can for this generation. Because in 40 years, you will have to make it again anyway. And we see that Amazon, and I think that's Amazon is now working on crazy reboots to the franchises that they hold. Um, from Robocop to Stargate to Legally Blonde, Fame, uh, Magnificent Seven, Pink Panther, The Thomas Corona Affair. The Thomas Corona Affair, the last movie came out in the 90s, and that already was a remake, the, the fifth or sixth remake to that story. So unless you're going to make a TV show from it, like, the, like expand the world and the universe, I don't get it. But it seems that that's what Amazon is wanting to do, create a whole world and franchise behind it. And, and, and these names are, are insane. Like Robocop, like, yeah, I think we can have a remake of Robocop. You can do one every couple of years. That's fine because because you're telling a different story as well. I mean, I, I like the, the latest Robocop that they did. They sort of updated it. You're probably one of the only one in the world. It's a good movie. They, they updated it. I agree. It. I like it. Uh, they brought in new... The first one was about a child of the age. It was all about Detroit. <laughs> what we could have, what we could do with that technology. You have to admit that Robocop is only exists because someone sat in a room and said, "Listen, we have this new technology. It would look phenomenal to put these action figures on screen playing with humans, and it would look like they're actually yeah. interacting. It's phenomenal. Yeah. That's the only reason Robocop was made back it then. It didn't really work." Or hold, uh, but Robocop, you know, the acting was superb. OCP, yeah, OCP, uh, the company that creates Robocop, is the epitaph of you know the big bad uh, uh, <laughs> industry or the company that is is doing things for out of greed. Uh, this is this is sort of a, a pinnacle moment there, 
And then you look at a new one, which is more about armies and governments and how they behave and, you know, the, the, the whole, like, war. It took a very different approach to the same story, which was really interesting. Even if you don't like the, the final result as, as a movie or whatever, for some reason, uh, as, as, a, as a test, as an experiment with remaking something, I think, I think it did yep, well. Yeah, I agree. And again, we can talk about the subjects for hours and we're kind of at the end of our time. But uh, from the whole list of Amazon, one of the most exciting things that pop up for me is Poltergeist. Poltergeist is a phenomenal series of movies that turned into a TV show that was brilliant, was really, really good. And I would love to jump back into that world. I really enjoy that. And if they do it like they're doing uh, Quantum Leap, which is... It's an interesting take because it's not, it's remaking, it's coming back into the world. You're not changing what passed, you're, you're linking it to what happened before. You're, you're, you're springing a new story from what was already done. And I hope that Amazon is going to take that day and do it on all of that. Because if you look at their list that we just mentioned, all of these are really great 90s, 80s, 90s projects that have not, some of them have seen not good so remakes, but none of them really had a solidified version of in today's technology. And I think that list is actually really, really great. But for me, Poltergeist would be the most important one. There's great stuff there. Pink Panther would be fun. But again, Pink Panther is good. Just continue the story. And this is the place where I would say, what would you, our audience, what is that movie? What is that story? What is that game that you remember that you feel like they are completely neglecting? That you feel like they're completely neglecting? Like it's completely, nobody's talking about. We would love to hear that. And we would love you to send us an email to intplusshow at gmail.com. And you can also find us at entertainment plus that show. That is entertainment plus the word that show. And those are the places that you can reach us. And we would love to hear your opinion. We would love to hear what you think about what we talked today and really what are the things that are moving you. And would you like to see a new Star Wars happen? And with that, I would like to thank Ziv for his time today. I know he's very busy, but thank you for coming and thank you for uh, joining us today. We will have Brittany joining us back. She's back from her crazy adventure and she will be back here with us next episode. Ron will be here as well. And hopefully Ziv will join us more in the future to talk more about gaming and about TV. But above all, what we want to do is thank you, the audience, for being here, for listening and giving us your feedback. So thank you very much and good night. Bye-bye. Bye. Goodbye now. Bye-bye. Goodbye.